to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mass Podcast. So, this week, my guest is actually going to be a co-worker, a friend of mine. And we've worked kind of around each other for quite a while. But um, over the summer, we got to sit and work together and just talk and, and like, hang out. And and after talk with this dude, I was like, you're fucking fascinating. I'm going to have you on the podcast. So that's how it works. Anytime I talk to anyone fascinating, I'm like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? Most people say no. But my guest here, Michael, said, yeah, sure, of course. So... We're going to welcome to Off The Match Podcast, Michael. I'm not going to drop last names because fuck you guys. <laughs> but, Mike, what's up, man? How you feeling? Uh, I'm alive. Uh, my pain thresh- my, my pain is kind of hitting hard today, but mm. it happens. As I told you before while we were at work, I got fibro, so I'm always mm. in pain. I think uh, without my meds, I live at a 7 to 10 on a, on a given day. Uh do you know about the pain scale much? A little bit. All right. Yeah. So relatively, uh, 7 to 10 is like everything from a uh, major sprain to a full bone break. And not one of the light bones like your forearm or something like that, but one of the heavy bones like your collarbone. Eesh. Yeah, that's the sort of pain that I would live in without my meds. And uh, my meds have been keeping it down. But... I've started working out more lately, and because of that, I'm bouncing between six and seven right now. Eesh. Well, should have told me, man. I would have made your seat a little <laughs> bit more comfortable. You, you're sitting in a goddamn folding chair. Would have given you that that cushy chair over there. Um, uh, I live with it. I, I've been in pain for so long. It's just one of those things. You know what I mean? I I understand completely. <laughs> it's like it, it gets to a certain point where it's just like you know. Especially with doing jujitsu, I just come home, something hurts. My wife's like, You want to take anything for that? I'm like, No, it, <laughs> I'll be all right. It, it's too normalized now that it's yeah. just this is normal. Yeah, th- like this is if my this mind. was a abnormal type of pain, I'd take something. Yeah, like, like was it yesterday? Um, I'm sitting at work and uh, I was talking with um, another co worker. And I just got this weird sharp pain up, like, uh, like under my collarbone. Mm-hmm. Now that I was a little concerned because it, it, like, it wasn't like, you know, anything where I was like, oh no, like this yeah. is the end. But it was different. And Those things I'm concerned about, but the regular you, aches. And you said it was up under your collarbone. Yeah, like right, like right here, like uh, under the, right near the uh, right near the scapula. Yeah, yeah. What it probably is is that you probably have cluster seven knots uh, back on your upper. Uh, back up on your trapezius area uh and when you have a cluster knot uh the way the ball uh the way the muscle bulbs from the tightness roll against each other can pinch some nerves and cause radial effects like that sorry i studied massage as well i don't think i ever told you that <laughs> no no but no but that's that is like uh, make, checks out makes sense like yep. i don't know like you could have told me like oh Pain right there? Nah, it just means you're a little fucking dumb. I was like, eh, sounds about right. I do dumb <laughs> shit. Um, so with us, uh, just where we work, 
like, like we were talking before yeah. we, we got on, just like kind of all the shenanigans there. We're, we're not going to bore the guests or the listeners too too much with, with our uh, work yeah. life. Although, to put it simply, work has been... We have not enough employees to cover the amount of stores that we have. Oh, and they keep opening more. <laughs> and then they uh, and then they open more. And then they change which district you're in. Mm-hmm. And then they do this. And this is all around the same time that they decided to institute uh, new personal goals where they're taking your averages for different things and completely screwed it up because when you have a high average and a... Uh, high amount of rentals uh with whatever you're doing um you can't get higher without uh, without ever actually maxing because like if you have a 90 percent in something if you have 10 rent uh, if you have 10 of something and you have 90 percent uh you end up with nine out of ten to get up to 95 you just need to get 10 uh 10 more of it not too hard. But if you're at 50 of it already and you're at 90%, how much do you have to, uh, how much do you have to go to go up that 5% that they keep pushing for? I, I get to a point now when I'm there when we have those 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 uh, bi-weekly calls or whatever yeah. they are meetings. Yeah, fucking dumb. And everyone agrees. And I, like I check out like I'm usually in a good mood, and then as soon as I see we have one of those, I look at at my uh, manager, and I'm like, I'm not taking that. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I'm I'm not doing this. And then with with me floating around, like we, you and I, I think there's a couple of, couple of us, uh, others of us that I that kind of like two or three others bounce around between like the. 25 different stores in the district there's not been a store in our district except for the two new ones that i haven't worked at yet so they because of my wife's schedule i can't go uh, like outside of like this surrounding area so i've lucked without out. also being late yeah yeah because i remember they asked me to go to one store and i was like if you wanted to open up at 10 o'clock I got you. And they're like, okay, never mind. And when they, there was a. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they had to do the same sort of thing with me on uh, Thursdays recently mm. uh, because, because they kept trying, uh, for the longest time, the, my home store, uh, our other coworker, uh, you know who he is, yeah. uh, had off on Thursdays. So obviously I had to be there and that was an issue. But right now his wife is about to, Go through surgery, uh, some things are changing at their house, stuff like that. So uh, he's now taking Wednesdays off, and they were trying to bounce me around to different stores on Thursday. And I'm like, I have my therapy on Thursdays right after work. You can't put me that far away, or else I'm not going to make it to my therapy session, in which you might find a body in the store the next day. Like, I might need to go to that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so... Uh, they decided to give me the chance, uh, just go, no, we'll keep you at your home store on Thursdays or at one of like the three nearest ones. Yeah, they, they would try to get me to come in on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have therapy midday. Like, I chose to be off on Wednesdays specifically because I have therapy. Yeah. So, you're better served letting me go to this. 
Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like you're going to have a disgruntled employee and I'm not going to be the funnest person to deal with. Um, and that's not to say, you know, it's like if I don't go to therapy, I'm flipping tables or anything. Yeah. But I do need to go out and, you know, yeah. you know, let that off. Yeah. You, you have a build-up issue. Yeah. Me, I have uh, my, if you're character, uh, if your people want to know, I have borderline personality disorder. Um, it means I have constant social anxiety, paranoid delusions about my social situation. I set up weird sets of rules known as black-white syndrome. Basically, either everything is one way or it's another, um, which leads to really fun paradoxes when I can explain the logic behind them and people can't work around them, which is hilarious. And I can get into one later, but it's a little bit of a deep dive. I'll let Dante decide if we get into that one. It's your, but, it's your um, table today, my friend. I gotcha. Uh, but one of the other ones is I suffer from heavily amounts of depression. Um, I do not go a day without thinking about killing myself. Um, most of the time it's a low scale thought, but when it gets higher or heavy, uh, the uh, work will start seeing me wear nothing but long sleeves. Um, or I might be out for a couple of days and there's paperwork put in luckily so that way I can just leave whenever I need. But, te uh, but technically, this is always something that I got about. I remember doing one of our, um, we had those different uh, morning meetings that it was like these specific stores had to be on them. Yeah. We were going to talk about our goals. Yeah, that was and, the one I was talking about. And that, so I rarely ever made those meetings because I can't make those stupid fucking meetings anyway. Yeah. My wife doesn't get home in time for me to be at, you know, these calls yeah. at nine o'clock. So and I remember um, talking with one of our team leads. And we're like, well, you know, you know, you got to figure out something. Like, you, know, you have to set a goal. You have to set a goal. You have yeah. to set a goal somewhere above where you are. Yeah. Well, that shit. No, I mean, I remember the one, the one time I did get on a call, they come to you and they're talking about, like you said, you want to keep your number where it is. Yeah. Uh, the goal, because of the fact that this is not super specific, but anyone can understand you're supposed to get 80% of something. Um, we're supposed to get uh, four out of five people to agree to this additional purchase, right? And I was sitting at 90% of that. Uh, I think my number specifically was 91.36. And like, you gotta shoot higher. And you can't because you already uh, are sitting on 60, 70 people that you've uh, got to buy from you, or 60, 70 people that you've got to buy from you, and if you're sitting at that 90%, to try and go up even a single percent of that, you need to get like 13, 14 people to agree 100% of the time. And as soon as you miss one of them, your number actually drops lower. So I was kind of pushing the bosses to listen to, let's do a maintenance. Uh, I, I don't slip further. That's a good goal. Sometimes the goal should be, you're already doing well, let's just don't fall backwards. Yeah, maintain. And, yeah, but they, uh, but they were told by uh, their bosses that everyone has to shoot for a higher goal. So they kept pushing. And 
I started melting down in the middle of that meeting. I was going, I can't reach it. I can't reach the goal, and I'm a total failure. I haven't, I haven't reached a single goal this entire thing. I think that this shows that I'm a total piece of crap, and that I probably shouldn't be working here because of how bad I am at not reaching goal. Even though I am, I'm not trying to brag. But as you saw with the numbers during that, because I'm sure they made you talk about them, even personal meetings or anything like that, Dante. Um, they tried. Yeah. You know, like, I don't. But something. It, 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 everyone could see that I was at the top. And mm-hmm. during that, they uh, corporate decided to also pump out a ranking of all of their employees per division. And I was number three in the division, yet I was in this training thing, and they were telling me I had to shoot higher. And that did not do well for my personal health. Uh, One of the DTLs ended up calling me one day and keeping me off to the side for a couple hours to talk to make sure I didn't end up in the hospital, which I greatly appreciate that. That was, um, uh, not to get into specific names, uh, the guy DTL. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, he, well, yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Despite, like, sometimes he can get kind of dickish, he is a, he, he cares. He cares. Yeah. yeah he, he, the way I would describe him is he's a gruff dad type. Like, he goes, you need to do this. You, fu- uh, you fucked up. This is how it needs to be. You need to change this. But at the same time, if he sees that you're struggling, he goes, let me talk to you about it. Let me help you not end up in a worse place. He has uh, he has some ki- uh, he has kids of his own, and he's dealing with his girlfriend's kids. One of which who is massively autistic, and he has to deal with all the therapies of that. And he's learned how to care, and he does seem to care. Whenever I have an issue, he reaches out and tries to help as best he can. Um, yeah, I know during at least the. Uh, uh, the call that I was on when they said that and you very very clearly said you know this isn't good for my depression if I missed this goal and you, you didn't go into the full detail but you alluded to that and you said like look if I miss that if, if my number comes back down because I'm trying to shoot higher that's going to affect me and I'm going to go into a depression and then the one I, I, and I had to constantly fight from just unloading on everyone in our division mm-hmm. Because we had, what, uh, 15 people on that call yeah. or something like that. And I don't want to make everyone feel like it's messed up. But at the same time, I'm also not afraid to talk about anything. Uh, yeah. It's like when they did the meeting greeting meetings because we finally were able to meet again in person. Uh, our uh, DM, he goes around the room and goes, hey, uh, you, what are you into? Give us a description of yourself, how long you've been with the company, stuff like that. And there was stuff that was bounced around like, yeah, I collect um, uh, Hot Wheels or I uh, do music stuff. And then it got to Dante and he's like, I do BJJ and podcasting. And I, when it got to me, I was like, I am not safe for work. all of my personal information is not safe for work technically if i tell you anything about my personal life it would actually lead to an issue if i volunteered it you have to ask and then i have to give you this disclaimer and our dm uh kept trying to 
keep every uh, keep everyone's attention away from that because he understands what that means. But so many people were starting to ask me questions about it, like what does not safe for work mean and things like that. I'm like, well, it means that it's not safe to discuss for work. Um, if you want to know more, it's completely fine. I'm not ashamed to talk about it, but that is something that you probably don't want to hear, especially because it was one of our ultra conservative older yeah. co-workers who obviously does not understand much <laughs> yeah yeah like it <laughs> when you said it like i i well because you said the initials for it and i got it like and then i think she said well what does that mean and yep. i was like oh no <laughs> like my life is nsfw don't open that box <laughs> do not do that yeah like um, dante can a test when I first met him and he started asking me about some stuff. I was like, well, this is not safe for work. Are you sure you want to hear about this? I'm making sure that I'm getting this disclaimer out. So that way you can't sue me. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like when you said that, I was like, Oh yeah, go ahead, man. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. like, trust me. Like, like, and I mean, it was a relatively slow day that day. Too, yeah. It, so it was it, just like, yeah, we just were just chill. chilling in the office. Cause I was like, look, dude, it's going to make the day go by faster anyway. So please, tell your story and yeah. it was just like and then the day did fly by yep it was like oh shit like when you want to take a break like, yeah <laughs> and and we barely got our breaks in that day and stuff like that uh i think the story that really sunk it in for you was uh what was it the one where my girlfriend's mother knew about my penis before i had met my girlfriend yeah well i mean you had uh that there, there was a couple stories but that yeah was, that was when you're like okay this, like, this this is definitely not safe for work. <laughs> I was like, okay, like if you know a, a tenant walks in, like, hey, I you know I gotta pay my rent. I was like, oh wait, wait, let me finish the story real quick. <laughs> like you're fine to you know to sit in on it too if you want. Just you know, just can, keep in mind. Can you oh, I, I, I've ta- I, I've talked to our cus- I've I've talked to a customer before about necrophilia and the technical laws around it. Because of the fact that somehow the conversation got on there and I never got, I've never had a complaint about the conversations I've had with a customer. I don't think like with some, some of the tenants and customers, you know, you can almost kind of tell who's who and who, who would be an issue. But I think most are like, you know, that's an interesting cat. (laughs) It's like, but there's no like sense of like, I'm going to complain or I feel uncomfortable, but there are a couple that, that I've encountered at my, my location, at least, that it's like, look, I don't even need to talk to you. Just come pay your bill. Mm-hmm. This one lady always wants to come in and, like, she'll come in and she's like, oh, my goodness, those poor people in Ukraine. And then she'll start talking politics. And I'm like, hey, so um, I don't here's your receipts. <laughs> oh, no, I had to straight up tell a lady over at um, a location near mm-hmm. here. Um, she came in. And she started talking about some some fucking something in politics, and I looked at her and I politely said, "Okay, ma'am, that's cool. Um, I just you know need you to because she wanted to come in to have the lease explained. It was like I just need you to focus here so I can get uh, get us through the lease because it was at the end of the day. It's time mm-hmm. to fucking go home." Yeah. And she started talking more, and then I, I was trying not to be rude. I was like, "Look, ma'am, I don't care." She's like, "Well, you should care. This is important." I was like, "No, what's important is you signing this lease because you said you want to come in to get explanation of the lease." Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "Well, you know what? I'm just. Gonna, is it okay if I come back and deal with the the manager for that location? Because that's why I started. I was like, 
that's perfect. Yep. That's absolutely okay with me. Um, here, you know, you want me to print out another copy of the lease for you because she was writing notes all over the shit. Yep. And I was like, she was like, no, I'll just come do it. I was like, perfect, perfect. So that's the kind of tenant that I feel like I I, I have I, to watch I, what I, I say. At, at your location, when I've had to fill in there, I've had to talk to some of them, and they are excessive. I would say some of them are almost fanatically right wing. I mean, like. You might think that they are a part of uh, those groups. Uh, like, uh, I'm just so glad that uh, the Maryland branch of the KKK got disbanded because of a reporter, uh, which was great. Man. Like he was like it wasn't like uh, toned down. Uh, he has a TED talk and everything like that. Um, he's a black man and he made friends with the, yeah, I know uh, who you're talking about. with the grand wizard and mm-hmm. everything like that. And it's an, it's an amazing talk if you ever want to yeah, see I, it, but it's, uh, because of that, I, some of the people at your store I've talked to and they are like that. I'm pretty sure they don't talk to that, uh, that about you, but they were talking yeah. some of that stuff towards me. I was like, no, I might look like a skinhead, but I am definitely not. I just went bald at 16. What the fuck you want me to do about it? Like, there, there are some tenants that they are very, very clear about where they stand politically and everything. And, you know, I let them know, look, that's cool. I don't care. Like, I, it's it's not a conversation I want to have here. It's like, hey, you want to be on my podcast now? <laughs> you know, shit like that, I, but... I, I get I get into it with all the different customers. It doesn't matter which side of the fence they're on. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I try to tell people, it's like, I don't care about any of this. All I care about is coming to work, going home, going to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, I'm caring yeah. about what's central to me. Yeah. And then when you come in, I have some tenants that will come in, you know, on very far right. And they'll they'll say one thing, and I'm like, okay, cool. So you, you need a receipt. You want me to email that receipt? And that that's one on the very very far left. They'll say something like, "Oh, that's weird." Hey, so um, you want me to put you on auto pay? Yeah, just just basic stuff. And you don't have to get into it with them. I, I'm just the person that does engage. Some I have chosen to get into it with them because you know they'll say something so ridiculously silly. The conspiracy theorists that were, mm-hmm. uh, that end up there, yeah. uh, like. Uh, at your spot, I talked to someone that was a flat earther and I was like, okay, so technically different parts of the math does work for different things. But the problem is that if you applied those same calculations into the other parts, it fails. That's the reason why the earth has to be round because you can use the same calculation on multiple parts for a round earth theory and it works. While if you use the flatter theories, you have to use different calculations for each and every part that do not work to then recalculate the other one. You cannot make it all fit at the same time. Like, I was trying to, well, I dropped the ball. I was supposed, I was supposed to have a flat earther come on to the podcast. I'm going to have a, you know, not like a poke fun out on conversation. Like, I really want to hear. Yeah. Like, what do you, like, make me understand. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, too, when when conversations of conspiracy theories come up, what frustrates me about it is it's like, well, look, you can't trust the mainstream media. That's fine. I I, I hear you. But then it's like, but, you know, watch this guy on YouTube. And it's like, well, why should I trust that guy on YouTube, though? 
Yeah. Like, like what, what? Why? Why is this person not as potentially influenced as the other person? Yeah. And that's completely one of the problems. The biggest problem I have with a lot of conspiracy theorists and conspiracy theories altogether is the simple question of how many people would have to be involved that no one linked the info. If there are uh, for flat earth, that means there has to be billions of people involved that none of them are leaking the info. If you believe that the uh, edge of the world is in Antarctica, theoretically you can always do an expedition of your own, take a boat, go, uh, go find the edge. Because if it's that many miles, how many people would you have to have manning it? How many people would have to be down there and you would be able to find that edge or find a way through it? Sort of like the wildlings in Game of Thrones when they came across the ice wall. Yeah. You'd be able to do the same thing in theory. I mean, but they don't. The, the thing that like just gets me is like everything's a conspiracy. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, again, working yesterday, talking with a co-worker, he was talking about his father-in-law. Everything's conspiracy. Every single thing. There's not a single conversation that he has with this gentleman that isn't conspiracy in, in his own mind. It's like, like, how do you, like, his theory is, he was like, look, for, he thinks with this specific gentleman, the feeling is he has to create a boogeyman. He has to create something tangible to say it's this thing's fault versus sometimes shit happens. Life is just life. Mm-hmm. Like bad things happen. Silly things happen. Viruses happen. You know, coincidences are yeah. a thing. But this, like he thinks this person needs to have a, a tangible villain yeah. that you can point and say it's this person's fault. And th- that makes sense. You know, in, it, in it's that a good regard. coping mechanism in theory. But I don't know. To me, I think it's it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Just when I hear it, I'm exhausted. So I yeah. could only imagine being actually wrapped up in it. Like, yeah. holy shit. And even something that is more related to what you do with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu self-defense stuff. Uh, imagine using that saying of always stay vigilant, always be aware of everything that's going on. In theory, if you do that, yeah, you'll be 100% safe, but that means you hear the ceiling creak a little bit. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go out, then you're supposed to check to make sure that nothing's going on. And while you did that, you heard another sound down the street, so you need to make sure that nothing's going on. Then, because of the fact that the ladder was slightly in a different position than what you remember, mostly because your memory is faulty, because everyone's memory is faulty, yeah. and things like that, and it just compiles, you you go insane. You Instead, yeah. it Instead, it's just easier to go, you know what, uh, keep in mind distances. Go, if there's a table between us, I can get closer because that means he has to reach over the table to fight me. Or anything like that, if you're worried about self-defense as an easy issue. Uh, changing your position so that way he has to come around to come to the front to try and fight you. Or things like that. Um, and you can start clocking that way and it becomes less stressful and more of a game, and thus then easier to do. Uh, like, Sorry, that's completely different tangent. <laughs> no, I just think, you know, when it comes to, you know, conspiracies and just being worried about everything, yeah. and, 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 you know, you have to be aware of everything. It's like, okay, like using the noise as an example. My neighbors, they're mm-hmm. up late. 
I watch a lot of horror movies, especially at bedtime. Yep. And I hear lots of weird noises, you know. And you know that uh, in theory, the wall, uh, because of the fact that the walls are connected, they could poke a hole through and they could be watching you. Yeah. They could set a camera inside your house while you're not. Uh, they could use a single hole to clock how many people come in or out near the front door, figure out when no one's home, beside, uh, sneak in because no locks are impenetrable. No. And because of the fact that no one checks their keyway for scratches every time they walk in. Wait, they don't? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. I've been doing that all the time. We're not supposed to? No. no, but that's the same sort of thing. Is like most people don't check it. So that means that then they could sneak in. They could load cameras in your house and now be watching exactly what we're doing and be in a hot tub full of jello while doing it. But that's not something that we need to know about. <laughs> You had me into the hot tub full of jello. Well, um, I'm trying. Well, it could not be jello. It is colored red. It is a little viscous. And a hot tub does I'd keep blood at the jello. right temp. <laughs> See, so jello is the better yeah. answer there. Well, so when you said jello, I'm thinking green jello. No, nah, I'm uh, thinking red. I cherry. Like, I was like, oh, cherry lime. red jello. Lime jello. Hmm. Okay, good. Then, oh, oh, you're thinking that. Okay, never mind. We're yeah. on different pages. Jello, <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's like you know, there are noises all the time. If we investigate every noise, if we investigate every single thing, you're gonna go crazy. Yep. And and that's the thing, though. A lot of them probably are going crazy. And that's the funny thing too. I I feel like I run into more conspiracy theorists in the jujitsu community than any other walk of life ever. That's like, because of the fact that they see that Brazilian jujitsu is good for self defense. And if you have a conspiracy theory that someone's following, uh, that could be monitoring everything that you do, you need to be able to defend yourself. So I'll learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so that way I can defend myself when this uh, conspiracy theory decides to land on my head and tries to kill me. I mean, <laughs> I guess, unless we're in a it, simulation, it, then... Well, uh, simulation theory is hilarious because there's no way to disprove it because anything that you create inside the simulation cannot prove that there's something outside of it because it only exists within the simulation. Um, it's just like last Tuesdayism. There's no way to disprove that one. Do you know about that one? No. So last Tuesdayism is everything in the universe was created last Tuesday, just as you remembered it. So every memory that you have, because of the fact that you actually can't go back to check it, is memories that were created in your body last Tuesday. Whenever a new Tuesday rolls around, it's still last Tuesday. Uh, it's still the last Tuesday that everything was created in the universe as it is. So every documentary, those were already created. It never actually happened. Nothing existed prior to last Tuesday. It's just memories of it. Dude, I think Tuesdays suck anyway. Yep, <laughs> I gotcha. Tuesdays are trash days. Yeah. No, it's no. like you coming Monday. All right, you coming off the weekend. Tuesday is just Tuesday. Wednesday, you're halfway there. Thursday, one more. Friday is the yep, weekend. No. Tuesday is just a fucking day. I hate Tuesday. Tuesday is they, like, Tuesday is the slow day. Now I have and another reason to hate Tuesday. And that's my Monday at work. <laughs> that's my, that's the start of every one of my work weeks. Oh, my God. I, I fucking lose my mind. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't because if, if I'm off Monday, it's basically like, okay, now. Yep. Like, all right. I, I would then hate Wednesdays, though. Yeah. Oof. Never mind. <laughs> Keep oh. Tuesday. The, the, but, but the good part is that because of the fact that it's Wednesday, there are places that are doing hump, uh, hump day happy hours and stuff like that. True. So that makes your Tuesday a slight better because it now functions like everyone's Wednesday. There used to be, where was I? There used to be a bar that used to do dollar beer night 
that I used to go to. I, I want to say it was a Wednesday night, and that that made me look forward to Wednesday. I was like, yeah. oh my god, Wednesday. Yes. No, no, no. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday because Wednesday was like something yeah. white white girl Wednesday, and I think like whatever all the women got like <laughs> like cheaper drinks or some shit. It's like you know I didn't shave my legs, like but. You know, if you want, like, I can identify. I did shave my butt. That's what I did. I mean, so I hope you you're know, okay with that. <laughs> if, if you want me to identify as a woman just to get a cheaper drink, cool. Yeah. So, um, I'll come in I'll come in a skirt, put on my wig. I mean, when I shave, I'm a cutie pie. I uh, have not <laughs> properly shaved in four years. You got the ZZ top going on right now, my friend. <laughs> I Yeah, I get a lot of that. But oh. uh, when I finally tie it up and stuff like that, I end up getting a lot of uh gandalfs and stuff like that Uh and dumbledores it's not quite gray but it's like damn it's that long (laughs) i mean look because not the first time i've heard that though because of the tint again zz top is where i'm going everybody else with the gandalf stuff eh, it's not hateful (laughs) it was like come on there there aren't many people with bright red long beards and zz's is blonde (laughs) Eh, true true but still yeah it 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 fits because it, it's not gray. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like we've been all over the place. Yeah. And mostly while not recording. <laughs> yeah. I kind of so. distract him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bounce around a lot. Um, so um, just in general with you mm-hmm. um, in, in trying to think of just how word and. I'm not worried about word. I'm just trying to think um, direction to take the conversation. Yeah. Um, so tell me about, uh, well, you already told me, like, like. The uh, depression, the anxiety, the social issue, the so, poly, the kink. So we're going to go to the poly later. Okay. Then, no I'm, problem. I'm, I'm saving that. <laughs> um, so with the. Um, the depression gotcha. and um, the social anxiety. Yep. Like for you, has that always been like a lifelong thing or did that come on for you? So it has always been a lifelong thing where I had social problems. I've had depression. I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't suffer suicidal thoughts and ideation or anything like that. Um, I got diagnosed with BPD back in middle school, um, back in the 90s, uh, because that's when I was in middle school, um, where it was still okay to diagnose kids that young with BPD, but it, uh, my current doc says that either I have BPD or I have four other disorders that equate to BPD. Because one of the things that BPD means is that you have to have a traumatic, uh, a pretty consistent thing with people that have borderline personality disorder um, is a traumatic event. And since I normalized most of my past, it makes it harder to track if I've had a traumatic event. Um, but I've always had the social issues. The thing is, is that because I was always around more people in school, I had more friends because my social anxiety exacerbates when I don't have people that I feel comfortable with. So like if I go to a bar alone, I'm quiet, alone on the wall, short answers, nothing like this. Um, It takes a lot to start bringing me out of my shell in that situation. 
But if I have a couple friends with me, um, I become super social. I can talk about any topic. I feel confident because I have a support structure behind me. Um, as for the depression, um, a couple of years ago, I, uh, when COVID was going on, uh, I had my first incident where I had to be hospitalized. Someone called to get me taken in by the paramedics because uh, I had my first attempt. Um, after that, I found my psych doctor, and she's been great. Absolutely. Um, and she's kept me out of it. She's also understanding that I have some coping mechanisms that aren't great. Uh, but the fact that I have have my rule sets with them, I'm not going to end up in a worse situation. Like, I am a cutter. Um, hence why at work you will find out that I have long sleeves on when I'm having a bad time. Um, and I keep a running tally of how bad my suicidal thoughts get. Uh, when I ended up having my attempt, my arm was covered like Victor Zaz to give you an idea of how bad it was. Like... Uh, mostly because of the fact that I know that both you are a comic book geek and yeah, so say, many other people that probably listen to I was going to say, I know Zaz. I don't know if others yeah. would, but yeah, go look him up. It's Batman villain. Yeah, Batman so. villain. He, I, uh, My arm was covered like that. Um, and that's how bad I got in, in a single month. And now sure. I have a rule set around it where if I get to a certain tally count, um, I have to... Uh, I have to request additional time for my doctor. Um, if I hit a certain tally count after that, I'm calling the suicide hotline. If I hit a certain tally count after that, I'm immediately hospitalizing myself um, to try and help prevent me getting even worse, a.k.a. six feet under. Um, but because I have borderline personality disorder, one of the really messed up parts about me um, is I take insults 100% to heart and believe them true. Anything bad about me that anyone has said, unless they are literally a random person walking down the street, has sunken in, like, completely. So when an ex called, uh, called me abusive, I can't not think that I'm abusive. Even though my current situation, the couple I'm with, they absolutely disagree with that. Um, I still can't not think it. My friend, when I was uh, 16, I lost my virginity to a girl. Um, this story is about to get dark, so I'm prefacing this with a suicide warning, um, fucked up situation, and stuff like that. So if this is going to be harmful to anyone, skip the next five-ish minutes. Dante might actually put a time skip in it or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know how he does his podcast. So I'm just referencing random YouTubers. Sorry. Kind of also uh, on a sidetrack because it's a deep topic. Um, so I met a girl online. Her name was Sarah. Um, 
she was a few years older than me. I was 16. Uh, we went down, we met for the first time in D.C. DuPont Circle. Hung out in a hookah bar, had a bit of fun. Um, later, I talked to her again. She decided to come up. And she's the woman that took my virginity. Um, side note, to make this a little funny, uh, the condom didn't fit, but we weren't not going to use a condom. So I didn't get to come my first time. Uh, about an hour and a half, because we watched a movie during it. Not at all. It was annoying as hell. Um, but... When she left, she was in a good mood, things like that. I hadn't seen her online for, uh, but then time passed. Hadn't seen her online for a while, about three or four months. Then she hops online, finally. I go, hey, how's it been? I get a message back of, who's this? She, I go, this is Michael. Um, the guy from Baltimore, you came up to see? Who? Um... You took my virginity uh, while we watched this movie. And then the message comes. This is Sarah's mother. She killed herself last week. I go, I'm sorry for your loss. And then log out. I told my friends. About a week later, because... I was processing it for a while. And one of my friends, after telling them exactly what happened, starts cracking up to himself. I ask him, what's going through your head? He's like, no, man, it's totally fucked up. I go, I gotta know. I got a dark personality. I think it might be funny. Might help me through the thing. Instead, he says, dude, were you so bad that she had to kill herself? And now I can never be 100% confident in my sexual ability either. It really pisses off the people I'm with. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. That, that is uh, one of my heavy stories. In, you know, I mean, yeah, we talked, this was, you told me this when we were at work. Um, and I remember just hearing it and even still, like, even still, like, hearing it again, like, hearing it the first time, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, even still, like, hearing it played out again, I'm still like, geez, like, knowing, yeah, you know, knowing where coming, it's going to go. It's still like in my head, like, fuck, like, yeah, Jesus. And um, that's one of the problems with my BPD, um, because I cannot not think that. Um, one of the other problems is, is that. Like I said, I'm constantly battling those thoughts. I also have to battle the idea of substance abuse. Uh, BPD people have a lot of need for quick gratification. So drugs is often a thing. Luckily, I have avoided majority of drugs. Uh, I smoke. I drink occasionally, but I tend to drink one of their friends around because drinking alone is really boring. <laughs> Trust me. I, I, like, I get boxes of wine in the fridge and i'm like Ugh. but i only typically drink when i do my sunday show with steve Colompton. Yeah. like we review beers and then sometimes i'll you know have a mug of wine or if if i'm recording on a saturday night and i know it's going to be one of those it's, it's time to get fired up 
Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I get it. Like, because who, who wants to drink alone? Yeah. Well, lots of people, actually. Well, most people don't want to drink alone. They are okay with drinking alone. Yeah, true. I like playing games when I drink. Board Ooh. games while drinking, tons yeah. of fun. Um, I'm I'm great. I, I love playing Kings, getting everyone drunk at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I tend to go hard with it because I end up with uh, what I call a seven-headed dragon. Um, it's technically a variant on the Four Horsemen. Uh, do you know either of those cocktails? Yeah, four. I know the Four Horsemen. Yeah. So for anyone out there that doesn't know, uh, it's equal parts Jack, Jameson, Jose Corval, and uh, Jim Bean. So you mix those together, you have that. I add in Jaeger for a fifth horseman. Lots of people don't like it, but for me, it actually just sweetens the drink. But if I'm going seven-headed dragon, I also add in Rumplements and either Goldschlager or another cinnamon liquor or whiskey or something like that, which uh, uh, which turns it into the seven-headed dragon, and it tastes kind of like big red gum mixed hmm. with whiskey. Hmm. It, it sounds interesting because I like big red gum, but then it's like, ugh, but... As soon as I hear Jaeger, I'm like, ah. It, it doesn't bring through a ton of licorice. It's actually, uh, it's. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it sounds like, you know, you don't even know the Jaeger's there. But just in my head, knowing the Jaeger's there is like. Yeah. Ugh. Like, the, you will taste the sweetness of the Jaeger. It does add a slight tang to it. But I'd say it's no worse than when you have a one of those super large, super sweet jelly beans okay. that just has a little that melted slightly to the black licorice one, but it's still your favorite flavor. So you pop that in your mouth and you go, yeah, it's not bad. It's a nice little add-on. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Like drinking and and like just social drinking. Period. Um. I know my wife. She. You know, sometimes she gets into this bout about, like, you shouldn't have to drink to socialize. And it's like, well, it's not that I have to. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, you know, I'm enjoying the time. So, like, let's loosen up a little it, bit. It, it's more I am socializing so I want to drink, yeah. not I drink to be able to talk to other people. Yeah. That's the difference. Now, for me, I am, I, I'm shy. I'm extremely shy, actually. People may not think that but i'm like painfully shy but i don't go out and say well because i'm shy i'm going to drink now i'm going to open up no not at all it's like if i go to a party i don't know anyone there and i see you there yeah like and i look at you you're, you're a big fella like i, I stand out in a crowd like physically imposing but because of that now i'm going to go over and not like in this whole like oh go to the prison and beat up on the biggest guy no i'm going to go because like okay you stand out Yep. Trust right. me, I stand out in a, in any crowd. Uh, 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 foot and a half, beard, shaved head, white guy, kind of stands out. And oh. then being six foot, no, so you're not stands a, out. You're not more. a short fella. No, no. I and I weigh because uh, I I'm trying to lose weight, but I weigh uh, two eighty five on like, average. Like if I'm at a party, I see you. You're going to stand out. I'm going to come over to you and test the waters. Yeah. Because, again, I'm shy, but it's like, look, you're standing out, and I see you over here, too. Yep. So, 
Let's be friends. And then from that point, boom, it starts rolling. I feel, I feel comfortable. Like, yo, let's, let's get yeah. some drinks. You, like, you drink? All right. Come yeah. on. Let's go get a couple of drinks. But I'm not going to come into that situation thinking, all right, I got to go in here and drink. I'm going to go in here first thinking, okay, I don't want to be here. But since I am here, let me go find somebody else who probably doesn't want to be here either. Yep. And they will both not want to be here together. Yep. And then if we feel cool, let's have a drink. And if it's one of the house parties that I tend to go to, or I did tend to go to, uh, I've lost a lot of friends recently because of the suicide attempt. So I know mm-hmm. I'm down to a very, very small social circle. And thus, I don't get to go to parties much or anything like that. Um, just a random fact. Um, but when I went to parties, uh, I'd be the one encouraging games, encouraging people to drink yeah. if they wanted to. If they didn't, I didn't force anyone. Um, but I also tended to end up naked. And when I end up naked... That's how my story got to my girlfriend's mother before she met me. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's one of those things. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, we, you know when you drink, you, you know, you get like this, or you get like that. And it's like, I mean, look, I, you know, I might have a couple of drinks here and there and, you know, I feel freer. Yeah, like, but also there's a cutoff too for me. Yeah, because it's like it's like okay, like, and I'm pretty good at knowing when to cut myself. Like even when I'm bad at that part, like, I'm bad at knowing when I need to stop. Yeah, uh, but the thing is that when I get really bad, my depression kicks in because mm. alcohol is a depressant. Yeah, yep. And once my depression kicks in, I will turn nonverbal. I will start signing everything. I'm fluent when I'm drunk in sign language, but I'm also talking about trying to jump in front of a bus. So it becomes really hard for everyone around me. So, so I got to be careful with that. When you, when you drink, like, mm-hmm. like when you're starting to sober up, like let's say the next day, yeah. like you're starting to, like, do you, does that depression get like stronger or do you kind of, uh, it kind of returns to baseline. Okay. Normally, unless I did something extra fucked up that night. Like, for me, it like, and it's been a while. I, because, I mean, like I said, I sit here, I record with Steve and we drink, but it, it's not usually anything too chaotic because, yeah. again, you know, it, it's a controlled situation yeah. versus like You're parties. also doing a podcast at the time, so yeah. you have something to pull things towards when things start getting out of hand. They, well, I do, Steve. Steve, like, you know, that, uh, that dude's gotten trashed on, on air. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you need, like, he'll listen back like, oh, my God, I can't, like, I can't listen to that. Like, I sound horrible. Why'd you let me get that way? Yeah. Like, you did it. But, like, it's been a while, but, like, there have been times, like, after, like, a, a night of, like, heavy drinking, I wake up the next day, and it's just, like, I'm just, like, just downward spiral, like, the next 36 hours. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can give you the science behind that if you want uh, because uh, alcohol is a GABA inducer and gabapentin um, also is the medication I'm on. So effectively, my system is running as if I have had like two shots at all times um, because of my medication. Mm. Um, it also helps prevent seizures and stuff like that. But when GABA starts flowing out of your system, if you're not used to a lower GABA level it takes away the dopamine as well because uh, the yeah. dopamine and serotonin that generally causes you to 
keep in a uh, neutral state. It also doesn't help that with the small bits of pain, even if you're not really feeling the headache or anything like that, it also exacerbates it, which will help cause that downward spiral as you sober up. For me, because of the fact that I'm used to all those low states, it doesn't end up happening. Like for for me during those times, and it was every so often, not all the time. Like because most times I wake up, you know, you got the hangover, which I don't know when it was the last time I had a hangover, but but you know, more often than not, I'd wake up, and it usually kind of would depend on, I guess, you know, really the evening. You know, it's like yeah. if, if I was out like you know a former job yeah. you know that would be at we go out party get trash fun time like, I'm like yeah yeah but if it's like some like shit where i'm like i'm just sitting here drinking with like my one buddy and it's like all right man i'm gonna go go to sleep and i wake up it just feels like all right i drink and i don't want to say like oh i drank with this buddy and you know and it meant nothing no but it's like again i don't just sit around and drink mm-hmm. you know there's always like an event to the drinking. Yeah. So like if there's an event to it, I wake up the next day, I feel pretty good. If there's not an event to it, then it's just like I wake up and it's just like this this spiral. Mm-hmm. Um but it's that's been many, many, many years. So like now if I'm drinking, like I said, I'm recording a podcast or I don't like if if it's just me and my wife, we might have a glass yeah. she has a glass of wine. I have like two mugs of wine, which are like coffee mugs. Yeah. That's how I drink my wine out of coffee mugs. We like Mike. I don't know if you noticed, but we're fancy here. We're fancy <laughs> as fuck. Oh. Uh, yeah, I have a major goth aesthetic, so like half of my cocktails are mixed in skull uh, skull cups and stuff like that. Um, one of my uh, one of the cocktails that I've started getting other people to drink more is a um, gin martini. Um, what you do is you take your gin, you put it in a bottle, a separate bottle, obviously. Uh, I typically use the mason jar because it's easier to get tea bags into. You then cold steep the tea inside the gin for a day or so. So that way all of the tea and tannins end up in it. Then you pull the tea bags out. Uh, depending on the type of tea, you either drain it back in, like squeeze them to get more gin back because you don't want to waste gin. Um, then you take a uh, honey syrup, so uh, two parts honey, one part water, so that way it dissolves in the gin easier. Um, and it's four ounces of the gin, uh, one ounce of the uh, tea syrup, and or the uh, honey syrup, sorry, and then a half an ounce of lemon juice. And when you mix it all together... It tastes like great southern sweet tea, but it's all it's pretty much all gin. <laughs> the gin has like I had gin twice. I don't know, I just that's one that I just cannot Yeah stomach. Gin is very floral. If it, mm. the way to uh, the way it gets made, it's pretty much like a vodka mixed with Potpourri, if you ha- if you get one of the nasty ones, when it's better, it tastes better. Uh, because of the fact that you're soaking your tea into it, it ends up with all that tea flavors. But the floralness doesn't counteract anything. So it ends up actually mellowing the drink versus being like a really sharp tea. 
I, I, I do mixology. I do uh, a lot of random stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the first time, well, that, no, I think I, well, there were a couple times I think we talked on the phone at work too. Yeah. And like, it was just like, this dude, like, just any random topic we go to, there's like, there's a lot of shit here. Yep. Um, yeah, but, no, I, I, so I have, uh, I have pretty bad insomnia. Uh, like on an average day of work, I've had maybe three hours of sleep the night before. Hashtag uh, twins. Yeah. Uh, the difference is that Dante has things to do with it. Me, I just am absorbing things. Like I will go on YouTube and watch four hours of random info from like SciShow or stuff like that. I hope you don't mind me, uh, calling other shows out no, uh, okay. but i will also sit there while watching those and read uh, another 400 uh, 400 chapter manhwa or uh 200 chapter manga uh at the same time uh i will sit there and binge a fif- uh, 50 episodes of an anime or a tv show all at once um so, like, I've seen all of Supernatural. I've seen all of Lucifer. Uh, while at work, I'm also then also listening to books. And I've gone through all of Discworld. I've do- gone through all of Game of Thrones. I've gone through the Dresden Files. Which, by the way, the Dresden Files is great. I don't know. I, I don't know how many people know about it. It was a. It is a great book. I've heard of it. I st- at least I've heard title. Yeah, it uh, it's a great series. The first book, uh, the first three books, the guy wasn't actually expecting it to become a long running series. So you can see that he was like, OK, this is going to be a standalone story, but it sets up things in the second book. He explains more and sets up more. But he was like, OK, I'm only going to make one more book. So he wasn't planning for a big arc when he made the third book. He also got signed for a bunch more and he was like, okay. And then he started expanding the world. And now the entire series is, uh, you can see where he back threaded so much. Um, like in, if you guys want to know the basis of the series, uh, Dresden is a wizard in Chicago. Um, he is in a world of, uh, he is, magically inclined he knows how to do spells thaumaturgy uh rethormancy stuff like that um but he works as a private investigator uh in the dresden files uh the magic world is generally kept hidden but not explicitly like harry potter is where there's a ministry of magic hiding all uh, hiding all that stuff instead they play on the fact that if you told someone i got attacked by a vampire Everyone's going to think you're crazy because everyone else knows vampires aren't real. They're not. (laughs) Fuck again. Yes. And because of that, Dresden acts, uh, acts in the open under, uh, his, uh, he has his listing in the yellow pages of wizard and stuff like that. And it's kind of hilarious because he acts openly. He always deals with people that don't want to believe. Of course, he's made friends that do and things like that. Uh, Karen Murphy is one of his best friends and is a cop on the force that understood 
no, magic is real. I just can't put that in the police reports. So now, although technically she's doing a horrible thing of falsifying police reports, it's to keep the general public from realizing uh, it's to keep one, her job two her boss is happy and three to make everyone feel safe. Cause although she did take out the troll that was snatching kids on the bridge, she has to put down that it was just a brute from a gang that then got shot and fell into the river. So when they find a body, sad to say that person might get pinned with the, I don't know who that was, but it might be this guy sort of thing, but it's a good way to not have to worry about the system backlashing on you because you sold what is the truth. Sounds Just like something as an idea. Something my wife would more than likely be interested in. Yeah. Uh, there are, uh, among the fans of it, they all agree that the audiobooks are actually phenomenally good in comparison to reading them outright. Um, they are on the local library. Uh, I use Libby as an app to listen to it at work. Hashtag twins again. <laughs> And uh, I am right now uh, re-listening to that series, but I've also listened to, like I said, all of Discworld. If you don't know what Discworld is, comedy written by Terry Pratchett. It's a great series. Just don't don't hesitate to get through it um, at all. It's just fantastic. Um, right now, I'm like I always like check out the books uh, on. Uh, Libby, mm-hmm. and I'll start them. And well, like at our job, I mean, we have quite a bit of time of you know being able to listen yeah. to audiobooks, podcasts, that's, music, all this stuff. Yeah, that's um, one of the reasons why I wear the hats that I do to cover up the earbuds in my ears so that way. Oh, oh sorry about that. <laughs> um, so that way I don't end up with a bunch of people uh, asking me what's going on. But I just leave it in there the entire time at work. I only pause it when I'm talking to a customer. So I had uh, new earbuds that actually like have like a button now to pause. Yeah. Because the other ones that I had, it was just, I don't know what the fuck was going on with them. And then one of them stopped working anyway, so fuck it. But now that I have that, I just keep the shits in. Although I just, I don't even like keep the hat on. I I just like, look, you see them, you see them. Yeah. Fuck them. And... And our bosses say that we're not supposed to have earbuds in at work. But the problem is, is that they also said that we're not allowed to play music in the office. So if you're stuck in the office for the next four hours with no noise and nothing to interact with, what will you do? You'll go and fucking sane. Well, that's the thing that fucking always gets me with like like silly rules that we have is like well we're not allowed to do this we're not allowed to do that and it's like we're not allowed so, to wear jeans like yeah like i am like okay so you want me to go out there and especially like let's say springtime Dress sla- like do some like outside fucking maintenance work and then slacks yeah okay cool i'm not doing that eat right. a dick i remember the- my old uh old manager he he would wear jeans on saturdays and randomly, our old DM showed up mm-hmm. and looked at him and goes, what, are you off today? Yep. <laughs> he goes, no. But he actually was outside yep. doing work. He was like, and he was like, okay, it makes, you know, it checks out. 
That's fine. Yeah. Uh, our DM has actually commented on my clothes a dozen times. I have actually started purposely wearing slightly messed up clothes because of the fact that I think the DMs are told that they have to find something that the person needs to improve on. So instead of making him uh, nitpick me about some of those details and like your sales aren't great or you aren't getting more dollar per uh, dollar per policy or whatever the fuck it is. I give him an easy target of yes, my jeans are technically cargo because they have the pants on it, but they are not cargo because they don't have exterior pockets. They have interior pockets, which means that they lay flush against my leg. So does this actually count? And he always goes, you just got to zip them up. And I go, that's fine. And then I zip them up while he's there. Well, the like, I always just keep. Well, I think part of what happens with my my metrics for them to complain about stuff, I just consistently stay bad, yep. so they can consistently say you should improve this. Yeah. And then they'll come to me the next time, and it's still bad. And they're like you should get better at that. And I'm like, yep. okay, I'm not. And it's not even that I can't. I can. I'm. I'm just like, look. The thing is, when we go to work, and we do our job as mm-hmm. is, like outright. Mm-hmm. The ultimate thing to me, if I'm a customer, is that, you know, I'm happy with the service that you provided. I'm happy with the service. I'm happy with the price of mm-hmm. what I'm buying and that and I'm not going to complain. But no, I get that. Uh, well, I purposely I purposely keep my numbers up so that way I can keep getting those pay raises. Like, but that's the thing. It's like, I, it's, you know, I, I see like when... Ever they like uh, kind of come at me about anything, and I do like ooh more so with the DM like the 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 team leads. I don't even try to just well one of my I will talk a little bit more openly, but the others I don't even try to explain myself because it's like there's always a counter to what I'm. It's like I I'm, no yeah. like you don't need to counter what I have to say. They like, eat a dick. They they get mad at me because of the fact that I give them valid reasons why things are this way and they can't argue it and our dm uh has gotten mad at me and gone you always have a reason for it you always have a reason for why you do the things that you do and he he didn't say that that's wrong to have because he can't say it's wrong to have a reason why you didn't change the light bulbs this week it's not but the thing is, like, he gets mad over the fact that I give him valid reasons. Like, why do I put my, uh, why was I putting my legs up in a store? Why was I propping them up? Because it lowers the pressure on my back, which keeps me able to come to work. And he goes, that makes too much sense. You can't do that. But it makes too much sense. And I go, I make sure I don't do it in front of customers. And he goes, Err. but he has told me I can't do that. He said, "If he if he catches me on cam doing it one more time, I'm going to get a write up." Um, before we get out of here, I want to ask you about uh, Polly, yeah, Polly life and everything, and just um, you know how that came about, and and you know where it's at now for oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. So for those that are out there that don't know what the term Polly is, Polly means polyamorous, uh, meaning that I have multiple partners. Um, as of right now, I technically only have one as an actual dating partner. I have a couple of people that I have fun with on the side. Um, 
all great people. Um, but the people that I have fun with on the side, they one is married, and one has one is in a poly situation with a bunch of other guys mm-hmm. and girls and things like that. Um, but the one that isn't married, I just don't feel the desire to make them a dating partner. But she's also a great wingman, and she dwarfs me. By the way, she's another four inches on me to give you perspective. Love to hear it. Uh, she she is tall. She is black. Her uh, voice is nice and deep, but she loves to play as a little, and she squirms. It's hilarious. Um, but that's a side note. Um, Favorite nah. kind of people. <laughs> uh, Polly is for me. Being able to express your love to multiple people at the same time. Um, my poly partner, she is a married woman. I've been with this couple because we moved in together. And I have been with them for now 10-ish years to give you guys perspective. Um, I was there while they were engaged. I was there at their wedding. Uh because of the fact that they do not announce it to the rest of their family i am just considered a roommate to a lot of them even though we are all signed together on a house for the next 30 years there is no commitment yeah there is no way that any of us are breaking up um not anytime soon um i through exploring during covid um it did also help me realize that I, although I am heterosexual, which means I'm only sexually attracted to the other, uh, to the opposite sex. I am romantically, um, pan, uh, I'm pan romantic, which means that I can develop romantic feelings regardless of anyone's, uh, gender, sex, anything like that. Which gets complicated because a lot of people don't understand how to have romantic feelings without sexual feelings. But that's the sort of feelings I have for uh, my uh, metamor, Ricky. Uh, I'm going to drop their names because I'm Mm -hmm. fine with them. If their parents find out through this podcast, which is highly unlikely, they can deal with that. (laughs) If their parents find out because of this podcast, son, I'm reaching demographics I never thought I could. Yes. Um, But their parents are hyper-Christian at times, and it gets really annoying trying to deal with them. Um, They're looking to have a kid soon. We're going to be having a conversation about that because I'm not opposed to having a kid, but I'm also opposed to the idea of them going away every Christmas to visit their family in another state. And I'm not allowed to go as well because I'm the secret partner. That I'm not okay with. I'm not okay with raising a kid and then not getting to spend the holidays with them. I'm pretty sure everyone would feel that way. If Dante, could you imagine every holiday your kids go away and then you don't get to see them? For like a week or two and then they come back every holiday and they can't tell their whoever they're visiting 
that you're their other uh, that you're their dad? No, I, that I mean that's the whole point of the holiday for me is it's my kid, and that's how I feel, and that's one of the conversations that we're going to have to have. But we have been together for ten years, which shows how poly can work. During that time, I had had another partner. During that time, I went through unemployment. Uh, during that time, um, I had my suicide attempt. Um, and during all of that, we had stuck together. It was great. Um, they're supportive in helping me try to find another partner to be my primary because I am a, I am her secondary and she is mine, which means that her husband takes priority, which I'm pretty sure most of the people out there can understand. Um, but it does mean that she still cares if I need a night where I need to just be with someone uh she's there for me and he understands and things like that uh affection is all around he's he personally isn't into P, uh, pda as much so we have to keep that a little bit lower i have no problems with pda because i love being able to just go up and grab the person i'm with and well Smack their ass so loud that it echoes throughout the halls. <laughs> That's the sort of affection that I do. Oh, I mean, I, th I think that's a good you know explanation just because i know the understanding for me is like i didn't have an understanding i know when we spoke about it before when we worked um together yeah that that was the thing like okay i don't understand and that was part of like when have you on and of course that this conversation comes at the end of the episode but doesn't mean we're not going to link back up and and go deeper yeah. into it but that that gives a good opening explanation and, and understanding because that that was one of my questions is how does the the relationship work where you know there's a married couple and then there's you yeah. it's like are you all a you know couple of three that, that, or that is called a thruple uh those things exist what it really is for us is i am dating her she is married to him we all love each other and support each other he he and i are as close he describes it as as close as brothers uh, because okay. he does have a brother. He's very close to his brother, things like that. I have a brother. I'm not very close to him because he's in Texas and I don't get to see him or my nieces or nephews because uh, he has six kids now. He's five years younger than me and has six kids. Jesus, dude, relax. <laughs> like, like six? Yeah. Like, like he, calm down. Yeah. And uh, his girlfriend... Or his wife, sorry, um, is a bit more antisocial. Uh, she grew up as a homeschool kid, so she's not very used to interacting with people that don't adapt to her. Hmm. Which means that I don't fit in. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you know, again, you have a specific look to you where it's like, Unless you're open-minded, people are going to look at you and be like, oh, I don't know if I really want to hang out with that guy. Yeah. It's like... It's also, I am open about all this stuff. I I have a little sister. She is 22 years younger than me. I talk to her as if she's an adult. My family gets mad at the fact that I talk to her as if she's an adult. Because 
why are you treating her the same way as you would an adult? She's only 11. And I go, because she's smart enough to understand. If she's, in my opinion, I don't, I don't know because I haven't raised kids yet. But in my opinion, if the kid is smart enough to start asking questions about a situation, they are smart enough to start learning about it. So if your kid asks, what is a, what is a gay couple? You can talk. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're five years old. It doesn't matter if they're 13. You talk to them and go, hey, a gay couple is this. This is what this means. Oh, you're nine years old and you're asking about condoms? I go, that is for an adult activity. That is something that you should not be doing yet. But it's known as sex. And I'd go into the details a little bit and go, this is what you need to know as of now. When you grow up, ask me more and I will give you all, I'll give you more info. Uh, but as of right now, you don't need to know how all that stuff is, but that helps prevent babies. So that's something I always see as a funny conversation with people that I know. They're like, well, if my kid asks me, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to see this in in society because if my kid asks me, well, why are those two ladies holding hands? Why are those two guys holding hands? I don't know how to explain that to my kids. Like, it's not difficult to explain. The, they love each other. To put, to, put it, to put it as another example of you don't know how kids are going to react to different situations. Um, for a while, I lived up in Gwen Oak. It's right outside of Baltimore City. It's a very, bla- uh, it's a very black demographic. I'm very white, except for my freckles. <laughs> But I had so many of the black kids when I was sitting out on the porch one day having a cigarette ask me, so why do you have the brown spots? Are you white? And I, and I had to explain it to them. But you'd be surprised how quickly kids understand situations. They are literally a sponge for knowledge. Well, kids understand more and, and are open to more than what we give them credit for. Yeah. We always assume... I always try to tell people, and I always try to keep this in mind myself, having been a preschool teacher uh, many years ago and for many years uh, during that time, but I always try to think of it this way. I was a child once, and I always try to remember that. So if a kid asks me a question or if a child is doing something, I try to keep in mind, look, I was there before too. Like, Like if a kid is upset, I'm not going to yell at them for being upset. You know, you, you got to talk to them yeah. like a person. Yeah. This uh, this is what, uh, that absolutely sounds like responsive parenting, by the way. Uh, that's one of the terms that are out there if you want to look it up. There are plenty of shorts on YouTube and TikTok that go over uh, how these people did responsive parenting. It's also known as gentle parenting, but people misconstrued the word, so they changed the title. Of course. Because um, that's what we do. Yeah. As we spoke off air about yeah. another term. Yeah. But that's the sort of thing. Um, and if your kid, uh, to put it this way, um, if your kid saw a regular couple, and by a regular couple, I mean a two people that are together, because it is regular to be asexual and, or um, to be uh, agendered and with someone else it is regular to be gay it's regular to be a lesbian it's regular to be all that but if you saw two people together what would you tell them when you saw them holding hands and kissing and the kid asked 
They love each other. Yeah. They're, they love each other. Yeah. They, they're in a relationship. They love each other. If you see all two people getting married, you'd say the same thing. They wanted to devote their lives to each other. With Polly, you go, yeah, they devoted their lives to multiple people. So my daughter asked um, a couple years ago, my daughter's six, and she asked, I believe she might have been five, four or five. She asked, um, she says to my wife, Mom, can two girls get married? And my wife goes, yes. In this state, yes. And, and she goes, oh. And carried on. Yeah. Like, you know, it, 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 it's just a matter, of fact, a matter of fact question. Well, then she came back and goes, wait a minute. You can see the wheels turning. Like, can two boys get married? It was like, yes. Was like, then she giggles and goes, okay. And just goes back on. Yep. You know, doing her puzzle, playing playing with the Legos. It's like, I, and I, I get it. You know, people, you know, don't, they, they feel like, okay, if they ask this question, this is steering them in a the direction. And it's like, well, no, they ask a question. You're giving your child options. Yeah. Do you not want to give your child the most opportunities to grow in advance? Yeah, they might not grow in the way that you originally envisioned, but no kid does. You cannot find a kid out there that grew up to be the exact expectations of their parents. I oftentimes, and this is kind of a shitty comparison maybe, but I think of like all this and how I look at like Marvel and DC mm -hmm. movies. I don't have any expectation because you want one thing and you're going to get a different movie than what you're wanting. And oh, most people get upset about that. And it's like, just enjoy what's coming along. That's the same thing I think with my child. It's like, look, I don't expect my child to be uh, a neuroscientist. You know, I don't expect... If they become that, you're going to be happy. Yeah, of course. But I don't have this Well, actually, you're going to hate it because of the fact that the kid's going to be uh, several hundred thousand dollars in debt due to seven years of college. Um, but at the same time, you're going to be happy that they decided to go down. Yeah, like, but, yeah, there's no expectation of like, you know, oh, you have to go to college to do this. You have to go to college to do this. I was like, look, do what makes you comfortably happy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just whatever comes along, we address it. Whatever comes along, we embrace it. And, and we're going to live through it versus, yeah. you know, shying away from it and, and trying to act like it doesn't exist. Yeah. And I know this is going to be a trouble for most parents that are out there. Um, talking to your kid about sex. That's always going to be a problem for most parents because they don't want to think about the child that they raised doing something like that. It kind of squigs a lot of people. For the people that are out there. Then they need to grow up. One, people do. You just need to accept that your kid is going to. Especially when you want the kid uh, want to have grandkids one day. How are you going to have grandkids if your kids can't have sex? Um, sorry. I'm going to get into a story real uh, in a second. But there's also YouTube channels out there that completely explain sexual situations if you're not comfortable talking to your kid about it let your kid watch those videos because they start off with questions they explain the situation and they explain it safely the ones i recommend out there are sex explanations and what's the safe word what's the safe word is mostly if your kid ends up developing into kink territory i know you don't want to think about that but if they do that's the direction we want to go if you cannot talk to them if you want if they want to know basics like what's the difference between a tampon a pad a diva cup a uh 
period panties, whatever that is, that's there. Uh, that's there for them too. Uh, by the way, I'm a very big advocate of diva cups because they are just perfect for when you need one, uh, need something uh, under emergency because it just is reusable because you just wash it off. That's a side tangent. <laughs> but um, the story for people that didn't explain to their kids, this couple had gotten married. They're in a highly Christian area that did not teach in school sex, did not uh, teach their kids directly because they're like, no, you shouldn't. This is something that's taboo. You don't talk about it. They had to go to their priest and ask why, after nine months of trying, they still haven't been able to even get close to having a kid. They didn't know about insertion because they were taught talking about sex is taboo the priest had to ask them what they were doing and they felt embarrassed about even talking about that all that they were doing was dry humping and thought that that would lead to a baby <laughs> they had been together doing that for four years at that point they didn't know that sex involved insertion when they were trying for a kid four years in and for the past nine months. This is why you need to talk to your kids about sex. Yeah. Um, Sorry. That is. I, I, I think I would be more embarrassed of my kid not knowing about that. Until they were like in their 30s. Then if my kid came up to me at 12. Starting to ask questions. Right. I remember going to. Um, dance with my goddaughter. We went to a Christian mm -hmm. academy. And. Um, one of the young ladies. Uh, I guess they had speakers. And this was a graduate. And she got up. And one thing that she did point out that I, I don't know the thought process of the people there because I honestly didn't like I went there she mingled with her friends yeah. and I sat at the table and I ate spaghetti and meatballs yeah uh, my goddaughter's white very white mm -hmm. like there's no mixture in there she's all white gotcha. and then there's me I'm black and I had a couple people come over and you know converse with me and ask questions like eh. Like, you know, I'm here. But uh, the young lady who was up, who was a speaker, she did make a very interesting point. Because um, as she went off to college, her family never talked to her about, like, makeup, you know, yeah. and, and, and going out. So when she went to college and she went to put on makeup, it, it looked, she looked like a fucking clown. Like, literally a clown. And she was like, you know, parents, we have to understand that our, our little girls are growing up. They will grow up. So, you know, talk to them. Don't shy away. Don't be embarrassed. And, you know, that's just makeup. Yeah. Like, that, that's their, not even sex. Yeah. Feed their curiosity. But feed it in a safe manner. If they are still curious beyond what you know, and you don't want to seem like an, uh, seem like you don't know about it, because I don't know about you, Dante. I'm big into kink. But do you know much about how to tie someone up? 
safely? Um, I was in Boy Scouts. I know a few knots. Okay. <laughs> but do you know how to double check pressure points no. uh, for it? Do you know how to suspend someone from a ceiling safely? I, I'm not allowed to speak of it. No, no, I don't. <laughs> but but that's the sort of thing. If you don't know, but you don't want to come off as I am a parent that doesn't know about this sort of stuff, you can go. I know a lot, but this is a great resource, and then you point them to it. It makes you seem like you also know more about the world, so that way you know about the thing, and you can point them to what's the safe word. You can point them to. Uh, explanations you can point them to all of these resources that are out there so that way they can learn you don't have to be embarrassed and everything can stay safe um, my i don't do new year's resolutions i just because i never keep them anyway yeah. but one thing i do try to remind myself every time the new year wraps around is to be more open about admitting I don't know something or I yep. don't understand. If you say to me, um, you know, you can ask me any general question. I mean, there have been a few here yep. in this episode. And, you know... Like you like you admitted, you don't know much about poly. No. I, I'm a person that's into poly. I'm in a poly relationship. You asking me causes me to feel better because I feel like I know more. But it also causes you to learn... And, and I'm willing to admit I don't know. And that's something I always try to remember at the beginning of the year. I kind of fade away as it gets later in the year because of like ego. It's like, no, I know everything. But no, like, I think us as people, we have to get better at admitting when we don't know something. Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, we just especially just these days with the Internet, there's so much information out there, whether it be, you know, and, accurate or not. or And that's the reason to double check your sources. Yeah. They're ways to find that out it, it, every time something comes up especially you know in, in the media period yeah everyone's all of a sudden uh a, a, an expert in the field because you know they they looked at one article they're an quote-unquote expert but yeah. they looked at an article that then referenced another article that then referenced another article yeah. that then referenced another article that referenced the first article because that's circular logic that technically is legal and you know, it's okay to say, look, I don't fucking know, but it's also okay to look at information and then see something that opposes what you thought and then dig deeper to get a little bit more information figure to get out a better why, understanding. Figure out why they thought that. Right. Like, the people that think that the moon landing is fake, I get that. It seems like something that's astronomical, something that humans could not do. But then if you look into what it would take to do it, uh, to fake a moon landing, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, to fake that sort of stuff, it just wouldn't be possible in my book. Maybe. But that's also one that doesn't hurt people as much. If you're talking about vaccines, research the way that it developed. You can find that. You can find the info on the first vaccine, just like you can find info on the first antibiotic. And you can figure out how it developed. You can figure out all that stuff. Wikipedia is ironically stupidly good because you have so many people researching at one time that keep adding on to it and double checking each other. Yeah, I, 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 go, I go to Wikipedia for uh, quite a bit of stuff. Mostly like when I'm trying to do 
yeah. like my movie research for the yeah. other podcasts and stuff. But Wikipedia is a, a great source. I mean, the internet's a great source for everything as long as, again, you understand. Like, yeah. look, you might find one article, but look at another article in another article. Also double-check their references. Yeah, because yeah references, Because if, if, sure. if an article referenced something, and then you look back, and that one references something, then you go, okay, I'm starting to go down a train. If it goes too far from the original source, then you're going to end up going, wait a second, then this is misconstruing all the way you need yeah. to go back to the original source right. and then when you read that and you find out oh they were saying that yes quote unquote uh yes mercury is in the vaccine but it's in only traceable amounts like it's in your tuna fish your tuna has more uh, more mercury in it than a vaccine so a vaccine is not going to kill you just like your tuna uh, can of tuna isn't going to kill you Unless you are that paranoid about your tans- cans of tuna as well, then, hey, I just gave you a new reason to be paranoid. <laughs> well, they exist, though, yep. those people. So I'm just saying for the people that are out there. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up there. Michael, yep. fucking great conversation with you, my friend. Yep. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for making time. Um, normally, this is a point where I ask if you got any shout-outs or mentions that you might want to um, drop out there before we get out. S- so shout out mostly because of the fact that I want uh, Ricky to have a better situation. He started acting in a bunch of B movies. Um, they are low budget, non-existing films, but he has an IMD page now. Um, Ricky Bredenbach, you can find him on there. Um, check out some of his movies. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are more serious, uh, but they are great B movies. A lot of them are horror uh so if you ever want to check them out uh write out the spell and i'm gonna put it uh in the show notes not a problem um, um but i want that and the other thing is uh i am single i am still looking i am on okay cupid and uh fet life i'm on all these different dating apps if you want to find out more about me find me hit me up I'll give you more info, uh, and if we click, hey, I'd love to come back to this podcast uh, whenever Dante has me on, and tell everyone, by the way, I've developed a relationship from it, and give Dante a shout out for helping me find my new primary, but that's what I got for you guys. All right, fair enough, and um, we'll talk about um, uh, the other podcast, too, because like I said, good conversation, Um, you're always been an interesting dude to me just you know even when we only talked in a little bit so mm-hmm. um you know thank you for just you know just that just being a cool dude um everybody else out there listening as always thank you for the support thank you for um just being cool cats out there listening to the show if y'all got any questions concerns criticisms always feel free to reach out to me you can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or Ultimate Podcast on Instagram. There's also So You Like Horror, Colompton Beer Club. I'm all over the internet, y'all. I want to give a big shout out to my friends over there at Nerd Rage Radio. Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, um, all you fellas. Thanks. Love you guys. You got me starting podcasting. And they, they gave me a new hobby. So thank you, fellas. Um, also, big shout out to um, BJJ Mama page 
Um, she's got her um, social media marketing program going right now. Uh, so be sure to check it out. I'll put those in the show notes. And uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, go check out my other podcast so you like horror. It's about scary movies. Uh, I don't even know which... What, what do we talk about? Sharknado. Go check it out. We talk about Sharknado. Ricky absolutely loves Sharknado. I could not get into it. Sad to say. I've watched it. I watched it straight through all six. Guess what? I'm not doing ever again. <laughs> um, I get that. So go check out So You Like Horror if you want to hear me and Ricky Ticky Timber talk about uh, Sharknado. Uh, and, and, and just so you all know, and Ricky, if you listen to this episode too, you're not allowed to choose the movies again. Um, but otherwise... Thank you, everybody. Love you to death. You guys keep listening, and I'm going to keep making these shows. Check me out later. Bye. Bye. They probably Now let me see his song.